the Marvel universe is huge. There are so many characters that we have not seen in the movies or in TV series. There are so many um, story arcs that we have not seen in the movies or the TV series. That And these are things that live only in the comic book universe or the graphic novels. And there's a lot that we don't know. And the X-Men are one of those things. We have seen them in the movies before, separate from the MCU. And with the rumors buzzing of their entrance into the MCU, I wanted to have a conversation and get on here with someone who is knowledgeable about the X-Men. And Matt Trettling is my guy. I had a lot of fun recording this conversation. And he helps unpack and talk about not only the X-Men, but how he thinks they will be introduced into the MCU and how the MCU will be shaped and affected by their introduction over the next few years. And it was a really good conversation that helped me realize how you know, my educational blind spot as far as the X-Men are concerned. I know little to nothing about them. Not that I'm trying to tout or walk around and say that I know everything about movies and characters and comic books and the jump and MCU and that, that sort of stuff. But it really kind of helped me understand how little I really know about the X-Men. So I'm, I was really excited to talk with him and do some research and line some thoughts together as far as what we're going to see in the coming movies and coming TV series, which had me really excited. So here's my conversation with Matt and make sure you listen to the podcast and listen to our conversation and develop some of your own thoughts and, and send me some feedback or provide some feedback to me. If you've got some things that you want to say or talk about, I love to jam on that kind of stuff. And lastly, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Not only would I really appreciate it, but it will help get the podcast in front of people that are also movie fans that may be interested in listening to what we talk about on here. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Matt. Uh, anyway, thanks for coming on and talking X-Men with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I know, um, I always know that you are, I see you popping off on social media all the time about the good and the bad of X-Men and MCU and Marvel and comic books and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why, I don't know why I didn't think of you before. I did one, uh, I did a podcast a few weeks ago with, um, with a guy about uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Pretty good show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually like it. Yeah, it wasn't I, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I like. Yeah. I loved I, a lot of the like the post. So Marvel, I think, is doing a really good job of everything before the snap. Quotey fingers in the air, and now a lot of the stuff that we're yeah. seeing is like <laughs> the aftermath and the fallout. Yeah, and yeah, because so, you know. It, yeah, it's kind of like, like the whole multiverse. You know, I kind of like that idea because uh, that's where Marvel does its magic is with the multiverse. Like when you read the comics and and that's even some of the cartoons. I remember 
you know, like the Secret Wars, you know, they, they try to do that in the old Spider-Man cartoons, so. What do you mean by the magic? Talk, talk more about that. Because uh, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I can see a lot of like super dope stuff coming down the pipeline with creativity and whatnot. Yeah, I, I think with the whole like multiverse, you know, they bring in all these different Avenger teams from other universes. And Marvel does pretty good with that, with their stories, like with the Secret Wars, because it 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 basically introduced all these variants of you know, the Avenger squads and they have like that one common enemy that's able to like make a threat like a, of all the multiverses. You know, like um like basically I know Galactus you know, is somebody that's talked a lot about a lot of the yeah. hardcore fans think he's coming and we've seen Kang already. Kang the Conqueror, yeah. Um you know, I, I would probably say, you know, the way it's looking, you know, I feel like they're going that supernatural route a little bit, you know, where, where you know, people talk about uh, Mephisto, you know, appearing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, so like do you supernatural? Th- oh, yeah. Uh, do you think that's separate from like the Thunderbolts and the West Coast Avengers and all them? Or is that going to kind of be a different arm? Or do you think they're going to tie in with a lot of this uh, multiverse stuff? I, I think they're going to uh, tie in with the West Coast Avengers, you know, Midnight Suns. Yeah, because I think now, since they got the MCU established, they could basically go with any direction and find a way to connect them all. I know one thing I did not know a lot about was Thunderbolt and West Coast Avengers and all that stuff. Yeah. And then I, I started reading a little bit more into them about how, um, what's her face that's been recruiting, um, I can't think of her name, but she was- uh, Madam rec- Hydra. Is that is that the gal at, that was at the end of or that was recruiting um, Black Widow's sister and yeah. Uh, yeah yeah okay yeah so I didn't know that she is was kind of the head run like the headhunter or the recruiter for West Coast Avengers and when I started reading about how um, Wong is kind of the the dude that trains them and then we see that shot of him and Abomination it's like oh shit it's coming together yeah. Um, one thing about Marvel, there's so many team ups, it's, it's like crazy. <laughs> yeah, the mashups are crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so do you think, do you think that, well, actually, I only because I watched it this afternoon, where do you think the Moon Knight fits in with all of this? Because there's a lot of talk where like, hey, is he part of the MCU? Is he going to be here? Is he going to be like, what's what's his story there? Uh, I th- I'm thinking with the Moon Knight, because like the episode, like like from, from the previews, I think they're going more of that super natural route instead of the crime fighting vigilante, like the Moon Knight I read back in the day, you know? And I really like the supernatural route for him because it really fits well, like with his character. Because I read uh, some of his latest runs where they went more into like Kunshu and some of the other Egypt- Egyptian gods that he faces. So, oh. 
Yeah, so with that, you know, with, with them talking about Blade Blade and, you know, Ghost Rider, I think that's going to go to a different, like, route more on, on that supernatural side, possibly, leading to the uh, Midnight Suns. What is it about what we're seeing in the MCU, the cinemat, well, both TV and film, what is it that we're seeing now that makes you think they're going to go in that direction um, outside of the Moon Knight? Because you you mentioned Blade and Ghost Rider, which like right now, the only things that we have are super old, like 25-year-old flicks that are yeah. kind of outside of the MCU purview, really. So if they were going to bring them back, they would have to either use the multiverse, and correct me if I'm wrong, they would either have to use the multiverse or reboot. Yeah, yeah, I could say it sounds like a reboot with the Blade and also a reboot with the Ghost Rider. And I think just watching um, WandaVision and, you know, I feel like they also hint, you know, some of the supernatural elements in, in that in that TV show. And I'll, and also I'm thinking, you know, when we see Doctor Strange, I wonder where that's going to lead to, like, will it connect to, like, the Moon Knight supernatural or just be its own thing? That has so much potential to go, like, 90 million different directions. Yeah, because, see, I mean, that's the movie I'm really anticipating because I'm just curious to see you know, what's going to lead to, you know, what's going to happen. <laughs> because, because with the whole multiverse, they can basically do whatever at this point, you know. Like, I wonder, um, you know, with the, the whole multiverse team, you know, I'm thinking it's going to be a team similar to the What If series on mm. uh, Marvel which I saw and I wonder I wonder if it's gonna be like heroes from another universe. So there's people talking about we may see Patrick Stewart's Professor X, you know. Which would be super dope. Yeah, yeah, because you know you know, it's it's like it's like the one thing is it's like they can bring in the old Fantastic Four, the old you know, they did the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. So, you know, they could bring in, like, Nicholas Cage's Ghost Rider. You know, it's just, it's crazy. There's nothing off the table when it comes to that. The cool yeah. thing about that, that I, it kind of has me kind of excited about that is, like, the, the Doctor Strange multiverse movie that's coming up is, um, there's kind of two things that really have me really excited about it. One is the fact that we see the twisted Doctor Strange at the very end of that trailer. Yeah. So I would say if if you haven't seen the series, what if? One, get out of the rock that you live out from underneath and go watch it. And I would yeah. say you probably almost have to watch that before the multiverse of madness. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because like the what if series, I used to read those, you know. I would say back in high school, because I remember like the what if, uh, what if this, what if that. And, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, there's I, a lot of know, like a lot of stuff that happened in that. Yeah. And and also there's like another series. That I tell people, if you want to get into Marvel, you should read the Alex Ross Marvels. And 
it gives you an introduction of the Marvel Universe, especially with, with the X Men. You know, Mar- what is it? Uh, what say that again? Yeah, the name of the graphic novel is called Marvels. It's with uh, Alex Ross. Alex and Ross. It, it, yeah, yeah, I could like, yeah, send it to you after this, but yeah, it's basically gives you a, a, a good introduction of the Marvel Universe and talks about like the X Men and all the teams and everything. So, what do you think that? What are the odds? Do you think that we see? Actually, let me back up. We've already seen WandaVision kind of bridge the gap to X-Men. So what do you think the odds are that we see? Because I don't put a whole lot of stock in people taking those like silhouette images, still shots from Dr. Stranger. Like, oh, it's Xavier. Like, well, whatever. We'll we'll see what the movie says. (laughs) What do you think the odds are that we end up seeing that? Um, You know, I think... I think there might be a reference to the whole mutants thing. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think my theory is with the whole MCU laws of physics, I think when they brought everyone back to the snap, I think the snap probably caused the existence to mutants to, to rise up, basically. Mm. But I really feel like, you know, when they bring in the X-Men, it's probably going to be like, basically... When everyone returned from the snap, the snap calls a DNA change in people. Oh. And maybe mutants were among us in the MCU universe for a long time. And I think the snap basically uh, activated the, the whole X gene. So, you know, I can see that with the whole Tesseract and stuff like that. You know, yeah, instead of like going to the original existence of the mutants in the comics. You know, I think, you know, they could do, like, the whole, you know, how the, you know, a Finley gauntlet, you know, with the snap calls, like, mutants to, like, appear, like, maybe they're among us, but now they're finally exposed, basically. Interesting. Um, what, how, how close is, how close is the snap and because obviously the snap happened in the comic books yeah yeah how close is it the fallout and the and from from the the snap to what we've seen in cinema whether it's tv show or movies how how similar or closely are we following some of that stuff compared Uh, to the canon and lore yeah i will say i would say the the whole snap was you know, pr- pretty canon. I think the difference is the X-Men and some of the other teams weren't there to fight Thanos. You know, I think mm. the snap in the movie was actually more terrifying than it was in the comics because all the show, like, a whole bunch of, like, pow, 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 bubbles, and then people were gone. And, you know, I, I do I do like in the, in the MCU, you know, because they... They, they didn't have a lot of characters, so they had to do what they what they can use. Like, like I knew, like, I remember that year when I saw that, I'm just like, okay, I was like in my head thinking, well, the possibilities of them going back. And when I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, I knew that they're going to go back in time, you know? Mm-hmm. Because at that time, you know, like, 
you know, at that time with the technology in the universe, time time travel. Yeah, I knew like time travel is going to be something that they're going to implement, and then they would have went back to all the spots where the Infinity Gems were at. So I was just like, yeah, this is pretty simple because you know, I think uh, <laughs> shit go down to the market, just get them bitches and come back. <laughs> yeah, like basically, Endgame. Like, like the funny thing, funny thing is, Endgame was pretty predictable because. I was like, okay, they're just going to go back in time, go back to all the events, and get the gems, and then bring everyone back. However, uh, and then, like, the Danos that they were going to face would have came from the past, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we... Because, yeah, because it was just so predictable, but that's why, you know, I prefer Infinity War over Endgame, because... Infinity War, basically, you just didn't know what was going to happen, but as a true comic book reader, you knew that he was going to snap, but you, you want to know how he was going to snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think Infinity War was a beautifully written movie. Um, yeah. One of my other podcasts I did with uh, a guy who knows, so I know a little bit about storytelling just from my experience in high school and college. I did a lot of improv and theater stuff and yeah. then I've read a lot about it, but one of my guests from a few weeks ago, um, he knows quite a bit about it. And we talked about uh, Thanos is actually written as the hero of infinity wars. So if yeah. you, if you talk about a hero's journey and the things that happen to a hero, Thanos is the <laughs> hero. And so it's really interesting because people are like, Oh no, he's how did he win and snap? Well, I mean, from a storytelling perspective, it was really predictable. However, yeah. there was still that like, oh, she, like he did it, like he did it. And then you yeah. see some of these people that that like um, Chad Bozeman, the Black Panther. We've seen him in three movies. One of them being his mm -hmm. his his own movie, and he is a, a favorite among the Avengers. And we just see him completely vulnerable, and he poof, he's gone. And he's yeah. not the only one. So I think that it probably, even though the comic book people, the comic book fans and storytelling fans saw it coming, or at least saw the writing on the wall, I still think there was a little bit of like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just like, holy cow. Yes. And I remember when I was in the theater, like opening, like I went to opening night, I said to myself, I need to see this movie. And I still remember, I was like, holy cow. Like, yeah. like there are people screaming. They say, oh, no. Like, you know, they're just like, and then the music at the end of the movie, like the Dude. ending credits, that music was just like dark, you know? Yeah. I remember. I still remember. Yeah, I just still remember, like, I think I saw it about four times because it was just that good of a movie the, mm -hmm. the writing was just great and then and then you know <laughs> i was like thinking man you know i wonder like and then you know when they introduced captain marvel at the end i was thinking okay so like my prediction was like okay captain marvel's will come in destroy Thanos, and then then revive everyone back at the end but then and then when I saw Ant-Man and the Wasps, uh, it made me change my whole prediction. So, yeah, the whole time travel. I felt like with Endgame, you know, they were just like, okay, let's just finish this movie. 
You know, because I think a lot of stuff should have been, like, was unnecessary. You know, I think they should have just went straight to, like, you know, you know, them getting together, go after Thanos, you know, then, you know, go back in time and, yeah. Interesting. Okay, you're the first person I've heard say that, but I can't really disagree with that. Um, yeah. Thinking about it. I think the only thing that I think, so here's my thought and, and I'm not fully equipped to argue with this or cause you make it, you make some, like your thought process is pretty valid. I think the Thanos that we saw in infinity war was a different Thanos than we saw in Endgame. I do agree with that because I think the Thanos in infinity war he was relying so much on his Infinity Gauntlet to stop the Avengers, whereas in the end game he was more of a fighter. Like he had yeah. two blades, and he was just owning Cap, Thor, and Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, and the, one of the things that I always point to is in Infinity War, he was a lot less violent than he was in Endgame. In Endgame, yeah. he was just an angry dude that just walked around and meleeed people. In Infinity War, so at the very beginning, when he kind of like takes that armor off and puts that next gem in his gauntlet, from yeah. that point on, he does not um, like. There's he only kills twice in the movie, and it's for somebody that is directly in front of. After he puts the gem in, he only kills twice, and it's only when people are directly stopping directly stopping him from getting a gem outside yeah. of that even at the end when he's battling the avengers when he could just waste people because he has all of the gems except for one he doesn't he just gets them out of his way so he can get the job done whereas in Endgame, he's a lot more like he even calls it out at the very end where he's like i'm gonna enjoy killing everybody yeah. <laughs> um, but so my point in that is I, I don't know that we would get the same Thanos buildup had we not seen a lot of that endgame stuff. Yeah. Um, like the dancing around. But I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, next time I watch it, I'll probably have to pay attention to that because you bring up some go a good point with that. Yeah. Um, so back to X-Men. Yep. Yeah. Are how how involved were the X Men with um, like how intertwined were they? Okay, so let me back up. Right now we've got like X Men and a lot of those lesser MCU characters that are not in the MCU universe or the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then we basically have the Avengers. So if we were to take away the MCU and look strictly at comic books. Are they as separated as they are the way that we see them? Are they as that separated in the comic books or are they more interwoven? Um, I would say like individually a lot, uh, the, both the X-Men and the Avengers are separated because the X-Men got their own problems and then the Avengers. But the only time they all come together is when there's like a huge threat or the Civil War, like the Marvel Civil War that's when some of the X-Men were divided, some of the Avengers were divided, some of them joined Captain America, America's side, and uh, another group joined, like, Iron Man's side. 
and then and then like the events where they all came together, it was a uh, secret invasion, House of M. Oh yeah, speaking mm-hmm. of House of M, I I think with the whole Doctor Strange, I am predicting that it could lead to that House of M because that's where oh. you, that's where you get the introduction of mutants. Yeah. I forgot about House of M because that's another big Marvel event. And then you have the Secret Invasion. And then after the Secret Invasion, you have the uh the Dark Rain uh arc where basically Norman Osborn took over Shield and and he formed his own Avengers and he has some X-Men. But but yeah, it's like I, I don't think they're gonna take that route just because of like how the MCU is. But in the mm. comics, there's like so many huge events for the X Men join, and also the biggest one was in 2011. It was the X Men versus the Avengers. Interesting, and, and that's uh, and that's separate from Civil War. Yeah. So when you say Civil War. In in what you were just talking about, are you talking about the same Civil War, Sokovia Accords, and all that stuff that we saw on film, and the X Men were involved with that? Uh, in the comics, it's different. Like basically, instead of the Sokovia Accords, in this one there was a uh, uh, someone named Penis, and he lost control of his powers and destroyed a university resulting to a lot of deaths, which led to the whole superhero registration act. And that's where, how the civil war started. Interesting. So it was, yeah. So, so like the civil war, go ahead. Yeah. So the civil war storyline in the movie versus the one in the comics are two different stories, but it's <laughs> like the same, the same storyline, but two different scenarios, basically. Two different, so the same story, but two different scenarios. Yeah. So, like in the comic book, uh, the Civil War happened because Penance lost control of his powers, destroyed university, killing thousands of people. And then in the movie, it was the Sokovia Awards because of what the Avengers did in the first movie, Asia Ultron and Winter Soldier, which led to Civil War in the movie version. So were the Sokovia Accords a thing in the comic book lore? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay, so, and is Penance uh, an X-Men or, or a mutant, or is he kind of just some somebody that's, like, I've never even heard of Penance. Yeah, he's basically, I will say, a, basically a metahuman, so his suit has, you know, generate heat power and then he joined norman osborne's thunderbolts in the civil war series interesting and norman osborne um is that senior or junior uh senior interesting okay yeah man so that that i'm just thinking that could since we've seen norman osborne kind of brought into the MCU and we have yeah. the, the multiverse of madness knocking on the door and if he's part of the Thunderbolts and 
the house of M sounds like it might, that might have like, there's just a lot of stuff lining up. Yeah. It just, yeah. Like, like the one thing is the multiple, the multiverse of darkness can lead to so many different events. You know, I thinking, you know, I do feel like, I think this is a theory here. You know, if they want to introduce the mutants, I think the multiverse of darkness will be that great opportunity because maybe that's when maybe Wanda will try to find who her father is and, you know, her brother Quicksilver, you know. What is... And that could probably... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, maybe that could lead to, like, introducing the X-Men in the universe. What's the significance of Wanda's father? Uh, Matt Nino. Yeah, like basically. Whoa, whoa, hold up. What? Yeah, so Wanda's father is Matt Nino. In the comics. Yep. So, so Wanda Maximoff. Yeah, Matt Nino. Madness Maximoff. So, so, so my theory is, you know. People are saying Patrick Stewart is Professor X in the movie. And, you know, I have a theory that maybe the Matt Nino from the X-Men movies may appear like uh, Ian McKellen uh, with Patrick Stewart. And then I think it's going to lead to Wanda trying to find her father in her own universe. You know, because I think with the snap, Supposedly she got her power from the test rat, but I think with the snap, you know, I think the snap can recon the, the whole her whole origin and maybe change her whole DNA, may realize that hey, she's a mutant this whole time. But still getting still having gotten her power from the Tesseract. Yeah. So like so the te- like so with the snap, I'm thinking because of the snap. That it may like recon like the her origin. So instead of getting her powers from Tesseract, she was born as a mutant. Then it can lead to the whole like X Men kind of type thing. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, no, I want to ex- I want to talk more about this because I had no idea, and I like. Yeah, that's way off the radar right now, but I think that could strength. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some, no offense to you. I'm sure there's some comic book nerd kind of like you who's in a basement somewhere, just like, you know, whiteboard and string in and talking yep. about pictures. Like they're probably putting all these pieces together, but you're yeah, your typical MCU fan, like the yep. fandom of the people that are out there just watching the movies they probably have no idea that Magneto and Wanda are connected. Yeah. Particularly because if the multiverse of madness really creates um, everything we know about a character right now is smoke and mirrors or could be for what we see. So like what happened to Wanda's parents? Well, they died in a, in a bombing by Stark industries bomb that was in like, three days everybody knows the story if you pay attention and if they come out of left field with uh like a darth vader type thing where like wanda i am your father that's gonna blow people away 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially people who n- never like read the comments. Because like with me, yeah. I'm just like, you know, it makes sense. You know, like you have Patrick Stewart, Dan Magneto from another, her dad from an alternate universe, and then it will call her to find okay. There's probably other mutants like me, and then that can easily lead because basically Wanda the MCU is kind of like Carrie White. Have you, have you ever seen Carrie with the girl with the telekinetic powers? You know, mm-hmm. yep. and she went searching for direction, and I could see that. Like at the end of, of this movie, she taking a direction, trying to find like who she is, and oh, she's definitely and, lost. Like at the end of WandaVision, yeah. you could tell Homegirl is lost. Yeah. She's trying to find her place in this just, world without vision. And you know, you know what'd be crazy too? Like, I think a good post credit in this upcoming movie, it'll be cool seeing her, you know, going to this building and said, Charles Xavier Institute of Mutants. You know, that might be maybe too soon, but, you know, it could be like, I do know someone who can help you, you know, and and then maybe there's a phone number and a name, Xavier. They could do that too, like a yeah. card, Xavier and his phone number. If they do it right, if if they do it right, I I don't know, man. There's there's a like. I'm not as smart as the people writing the movies, but I feel yeah, like if they do it right, they could do it because they we've seen we've seen Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers and Favreau pack a lot more stuff yeah. into smaller, like less impactful movies. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Well, and the other crazy thing that like I think is something to consider when talking about the multiverse of madness and X-Men and all this stuff and Magneto, like. If you know anything about X-Men, Magneto is ridiculously powerful. Yeah. And if you yeah, know anything about... With yeah. And if you know anything about... Yeah, the, like... Wanda and the Avengers, you know that she is arguably the most powerful Avenger. Yeah, yeah, basically, like, you know, she could say no more mutants, and she can make people non-exist anymore, too. That's, like, her abilities, you know, and they haven't really explored that yet, because, uh, yeah, she did it in the comics, no more mutants, all the mutants disappeared, and somehow oh. she brought them back. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's nuts. And I think, like, I kind of, I don't know, I... I can't say that I thought this before, like during Infinity War or any of the previous movies, but I feel like I saw a little bit of the writing onto the wall as far as Wanda's power. And then watching WandaVision, yeah. you just put it, it just puts it into context of how powerful she is, like crazy powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this about the X-Men and bringing them into the MCU and Multiverse of Madness. Do you like, and I'm speaking more visually, the house of M, does that in the comic books, is that look or, or let me go from the other direction. What we see in the trailer for multiverse of madness, 
does that have a house of m vibe yeah yeah it does oh, so it's shit. more oh. yeah because uh house of m is basically like you know it could like lead up to that with the whole you know you know with the mutants and 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 basically everything because i could see like you know with her i could see if if Patrick Stewart is Charles Xavier in that movie, I could see him telling Wanda that hey, you have special abilities. You're you're a mutant. Your father, you know, right there could bring in Magneto. And then I feel that you know, with the possible endings, you know, I could see like um, I could see like uh, Wanda searching for mutants like her. And then also another ending with Doctor Strange, you know, I could see him, you know, honestly, I'm surprised that a brother Voodoo would not be in it because he's also a powerful magic user too in Marvel. Mm. You know, I was thinking maybe, you know, he may be introduced to brother Voodoo or, or maybe mention uh, Doctor Doom, because he's also uses magic too. But I think really, yeah. But you know, I think. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I think you're. Let me let me just take that and kind of see if I can carry it further down the field with you. I think the supernatural stuff that you were talking about. I think it might be there. Might be something there to that because in no way home when they are to, I love to rewatch movies and then pick up on themes and like things yeah. that things that are repetitive in nature. And they spend a lot of dialogue calling out the fact that strange is a wizard, a magician, and he is doing mm-hmm. magic on multiple occasions throughout the movie. And the fact that you're yeah. talking about doom being a magic user, supernatural, um, like we got the moon night, which is supernatural. And now I'm thinking the more that I'm yep. thinking and the more I'm hearing you talk about this stuff, it's like, maybe that is the direction that we're going to go with everything because wouldn't yeah. the mutants be supernatural in nature? Um, or am I off base there? Tell you feel free to tell me if I'm not. I, I'll probably say, yeah, yeah. You probably be off base there. Cause I think the mutants are more like, I think that'd probably be more of like the government political side to, oh. to the MCU because, you know, honestly, like, um, you know, some, some of the missed opportunities I kind of saw, I was like expecting, you know, at Tony Stark's funeral that maybe a post credit scene of, you know, Charles Xavier and his grave, whatever, and then talking to you know, maybe Nick Fury or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that raises an interesting question, too, because we haven't seen Nick Fury in a couple of movies. And yeah. when we have, it's been somebody impersonating him. Yeah, yeah. Like, basically, uh, also kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, uh, how long he been off planet for? Because 
Because I think in Winter Soldier, when they introduced those uh, masks and everything, I think they did that because of the scrolls. You know, it makes me wonder, uh... like, uh, it makes me wonder uh, the Nick Fury that we saw at the end of Spider-Man who became a scroll uh, was really a scroll. I wonder if the scrolls were giving the Avengers all these missions for, for their purpose. <laughs> because now that you have the is... season... Yeah, I hadn't even now thought about the that. Secret Invasion series too, so because actually I was like expecting, I wondered, I was expecting like a scroll to appear in the end game too, you know, because it would have mm. been crazy if the downs they took out was a scroll the whole time. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that, so... that probably would have upset a lot of people. They said, huh. A scroll. <laughs> yeah, a little bit out of left field. Um, but I also feel like they really kind of I, I think I think the first Captain Marvel movie, well, there isn't then the second one's not even in production yeah. yet. But anyway, I feel like they rushed Captain Marvel to make yeah. relevance for Infinity War. Yeah, I personally think uh, you know, I, I think with that movie. Like it wasn't like the greatest, but you know, I, I think they probably knew that it wasn't gonna do so 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 hot. So they were just like, okay, let's just introduce Captain Marvel, you know, give her some mediocre storyline, and then you know. But I th- it made a lot of money because you know a lot of people were curious to see, okay, how it's gonna cut to Infinity War, and it's perfect, perfect uh, uh timing too, you know, to release that movie yeah. before Endgame. And you know, just go from there. <laughs> yeah, and there, well, she and she was pretty, pretty hot. Uh, comic book character, wasn't she a fan favorite? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So you mentioned Secret Invasion, and I have heard that floating around the social pages, and I've read kind of a little bit about that stuff. Is that are are the scrolls mm-hmm. at the center of that? Yeah. Yeah, so so basically, you know, there's a the, so basically, basically, you know, the scroll queen wants to like take over Earth. However, there are some scrolls that don't agree with her. So, so there are some that are for the queen, and there are some that was against. So basically, you know, the queen like took over, you know, posed as some some of the Marvel heroes, and then infiltrated the Earth. Yeah, so I think in the TV series, it's probably going to be a little bit different, you know? They're probably not going to follow it like they, excuse me, like they did in the storyline. But it's going to be a TV series instead of a movie. You know, and I think that makes sense because you can't really fit the Secret Invasion in the whole movie. You got to break it down if you're going to do it right. Yeah, that'd be a lot of piecemealing across a lot of different movies, yeah. potentially. And the more movies you span, the more likely you are to lose people, I would imagine. So, yeah. Okay, so if they make that a TV series, what? Okay, so the Queen, how, like, talk to me about the. I mean, this. I'm trying to think. This seems like a pretty big story or a story arc, a kind of piece to MCU that we don't haven't seen much about. We don't know much about it. Yeah. And and the last time that we saw them, they were kind the scrolls were kind of good. 
if you will. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it was like the Kree. So, so basically, like the Kree of Scroll War. Like technically, in the comics, the Kree had actually defeated the Scrolls, and basically, because the Kree was able to take over the Scroll planets, the Scrolls were like, okay, let's uh, invade Earth, like the Queen. So. So in that in the comic book, the Queen posed as Spider Woman, uh, Jessica Drew, in that one. Oh. But but they haven't they they haven't introduced her in the comics. So if anything, she may pose as uh, I would say Captain Marvel. I think in the the Captain Marvel sequel, I think it's probably will be more taking place in space. So. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, in that movie, it's going to connect to the Secret Invasion storyline. And then I think, too, if she does get a trilogy, it'd be cool to cap off the trilogy of her fighting Rogue from X-Men. Because, see, basically, Rogue got her powers from Captain Marvel. She absorbed her abilities. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Yeah. It uh, it would be, yeah, it, it would be kind of cool to see that because the Cree, so far, they don't have a real strong track record because no. the only experience we have with them is the beef that they had with Captain Marvel and Ronan. Yeah, yeah, because supposedly in the comics, you know, I wonder if they go show her fight Ronan the Accuser. Because in the comics, he's pretty powerful, you know. Yeah, and I've heard that they didn't give him do him justice. No, no, no they didn't. Because I was, I was like expecting. Because I read, uh, I read Annihilation Wave back in college, and uh, I read the Downs Imperative series, and yeah, like he was a he's a power hitter, and I'm just like they nerf him down. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I'm not well versed in the comics, which is why I have people on you here to educate. Yeah. Me. Um, but I do, I had heard and read that they did not do him justice. Uh, and a lot of people, when no, there's a lot of people who weren't happy. Yeah. When I, I have read that when it first came out that he was going to be in uh, Guardians. A lot yeah. of people were expecting to see him throughout the series, the Guardians trilogy, if not jumping to other movies. And right now we've only seen him in two, Captain Marvel and yeah. the first Guardians. Yep. Um, <laughs> which is nuts you know, to me. Yeah, that's like the one thing with James Gunn. Like, see, when you read the Guardians of the Galaxy, they are pretty much on the darkest serious side in the earlier comics. Like Star Lord was pretty vicious and the old like right before they changed his whole like personality, like before the movie came out, he was he was a he was a beast, you know. He like his guns were like pretty powerful elemental guns, so it gave him like so many abilities and um and you know, like his, he actually had like a jetpack, like like basically like Bubba Fett, mm-hmm. and like Rocket Raccoon, like the same thing. He was, yeah, he was pretty good, uh, uh, and also Groot, like he was like vicious. 
But, you know, because of the movie, they actually gave him more of a comedic tone, which was pretty cool, you know, because uh, that's what I really like about James Gunn. He could make serious characters take that comedic role. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just like... What You're, this is- he reminds me... So two things on that note. So James Gunn reminds me a little bit of, um, like, Taika Waititi. Yeah, where he can have that like comedic insertion into mm-hmm. an otherwise serious situation. I think those two guys are are pretty good at it. Um, yeah, I, I think. And the other thing that I, I was kind of expecting with Guardians, um, so I I showed up late to the game as far as watching Guardians. I, I was when I saw the trailers, I had no idea it was connected to the MCU. I had really no interest. It looked kind of cheesy. Yeah. I was like, how is this even going to be entertaining to me? And then I watched <laughs> it and I loved it. It's like, that is my jam. That, that's probably, those two movies are probably some of my most favorite Marvel movies to slash yeah. TV series. I love them. They're awesome. And after I started reading a little bit about them and reading into them, looking into them, I realized and I learned that those are like the comics and the graphic novels are kind of dark. They are um, a little bit of like, um, like what Batman has going on with his whole like broody tragic hero stuff going on. Yeah. And Star Lord has a little bit of that. Like I'm going to be angry yeah. at everybody because I was left as a child, kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because I like the sequel. You know. And, you know, and that one was a. Uh... You know, like, like how they explain it's dead and everything. Did that hold to the? Did that hold to the comic books very closely or accurately? The that that relationship, Dad, Star Lord, Dad. Um, uh, I'm not really 100 percent sure because uh, I haven't read more of the his individual comics. You know, because mm. I know like in the origin, he is half alien, half human. You know, like in the comic books, which they did, right? But the whole, instead of being evil in the comics, I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look into that a little bit before Love and Thunder yeah. come out. Um, yep. Okay, so we've got Multiverse of Madness, and we uh, you're thinking that that is the House of M that we see in there. Yeah, we probably go see a little bit of House of M, and then I could see. Yeah, there's like so many routes, but I hardly doubt we will see like them going to more of like the whole aliens and stuff like that. I think it's going to be more of the darkness stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to. I'm really interested to see where it goes with that. Now, hearing yeah. you, you're like the third person to tell me that they're thinking they would not be surprised to see if that's the House of M. It it makes me think even more strongly that they're probably going to introduce the X Men into, into that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I wanna uh, I don't want to take you any more of your time, but uh, I want to thank you for uh, coming and talking X Men and Marvel stuff oh, yeah, with me. Yeah, I love man. it. Yeah. <laughs> Nerd now. Yeah, this is pretty cool. <laughs>